Welcome back to the Medus in Paris podcast. I am Zen, and this is a podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for your next trip, or your next exotic destination. Kristen couldn't make it today, but never fear, we have the lovely Lee back with us. Oh, hello, hello. <laughs> um, personally, I think that you're having so much fun that you threaten Kristen not to come back <laughs> so you can hang out with us again. Um, <laughs> Dang it! She rep- she totally narked on me. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, I know there is no one as threatening as Emily as everyone's heard over the, yes. <laughs> the years. <laughs> That's the first time. <laughs> because she doesn't like no one. She doesn't let anyone take her place. Yeah, it's the first time everyone, anyone's uh, described me as threatening. <laughs> <laughs> Intimidating and threatening, you know. <laughs> um, so to start out today's discussion, I'd like to offer a definition of something. Um, and that something is a tourist trap. Wikipedia defines it as a tourist trap. It's an establishment. You can see where this may be going, or um, a group of establishments that has been created or repurposed with the aim of attracting tourists and their money. Tourist traps will typically provide overpriced services, entertainment, food, souvenirs, and other products for tourists to purchase. A tourist trap deri- uh, derives from the information asymmetry between tourists and the market. And while some of them are viewed as fun, um, they also can have negative connotations. So based off of that description, in some ways, I think a movie is a tourist trap, you know, because, you know, you go to a movie, right? And it's fun and it's interesting, but you they try to steal money from, yeah. from the concession stand, right? Yes, that is um, true. But the thing is, sometimes it comes down to a movie is, is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, I still go see movies, even though it's $40 popcorn, because the movie is totally worth it. And to bring that back to our podcast, we want to um, talk about things that may be considered tourist traps for travelers that are still worth your time and money. But before we begin, a word from our sponsor. The events of 2020 have shaken the world and impacted our lives, but fearlessness is the mother of reinvention. Change your career, prepare for a promotion, start a new business with the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education's fully online professional certificate programs. Available anywhere, anytime to fit your busy schedule. Find out more at ce.uci.edu. With adversity comes great strength. Find yours with us. Okay, so I'll go first. And I don't know if this is a tourist trap. I've never thought of it as a tourist trap, but maybe it is to some people. Um, My first one is Disneyland. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, that qualifies. I I see it as one, but personally... I see it as the most magical place on earth. Uh, as many other people who also, oh, well, I was going to say have annual passes, but they scrapped that. That's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> but Disneyland is great. It's, I mean, it's right in our backyard. So that's amazing. And I mean, you pay hundreds. I don't know how many hundreds, but you can pay hundreds <laughs> just for the ticket to get in. 
whether it's a single day or if you're there multiple days or you got an annual pass, it's going to, you're going to be spending hundreds, however many. Don't forget the hotel. Oh, the hotel, the parking. It's up to you how many hundreds you want to pay, but um, Mm -hmm. it's definitely hundreds. But I mean, the rides, the magic, the churros. (laughs) The churros, the rides, the magic, and the churros. Come for the rides, stay for the churros. Most people talk about the mutantly large turkey legs. Oh, yes. I probably would never get those on my own but if i had like <laughs> two or three four friends to share it with it's massive it's like as big as your head <laughs> and it's messy but i mean it is pretty delicious but so good yeah. oh yeah what else is there i mean the corn dogs i usually <laughs> wouldn't eat corn dogs in general but they have delicious corn dogs pickles i used to hate pickles and disneyland got me to like pickles there we go. <laughs> what you mean, like pickle pickles, like, or do they sell fried pickles? Not fried or pickles, like the pickles, okay. like the straight up pickles that they have laid in ice. <laughs> and what happens to the rest of the turkey? Because I don't think they serve any other type of turkey at Disneyland. Oh, he, that's a. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, they're Disney, so they can choose whatever part of the turkey they want. And, uh, they can be, they can genetically just grow the legs. Take the leg. <laughs> I go harvest the there's legs. A, yeah, there's an Imagineer who's just growing turkey legs and finding out how to make better churros more addictive. Yes. Oh, oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um, I have a couple. Um, not too many. Uh, the first one I have is, you know, I uh, the Great Wall of China. Ooh, tell me more. Um, okay, so I have gone to the Great Wall of China. I mean, this was many years ago, but, you know, it's, it, in some ways, it, it's a wall. I mean, but it's an amazing wall. So the thing is that you until you, there's some things until you actually experience firsthand, you will never understand the size or the the importance or whatever. So when you you know you see we see the Great Wall in everything. You see them in movies. You see them in cartoons. You see them everywhere. But until you actually have an opportunity to make it out to the Great Wall and actually stand on the wall and just understand its huge size, um, the complexity. Um, it's funny because there's areas, uh, the area that I went, and I can't even remember what part of the wall, because I understand now, when I went, it was years ago, um, and there's only certain parts that were open, and now they have opened more sections throughout the wall. There was parts where each stair was two, two and a half feet tall, but the actually depth of the stair may have been four inches. Whoa. So it was closer oh, to... crazy. Whoa. Yeah, it's closer to climbing a ladder. Um, and then also that stair would be thin on one end. So it could be two inches on one end and like maybe six inches on the opposite end. But, you know, it's it's also 15 feet across. So there's parts that are definitely, you know, it's like a ladder and you had to climb straight up. And then there's other parts that are just kind of like, oh, it's a it's like a walkway. 
and it's just you know and you it just goes through as far as you can see and you can see parts that are you know have fallen to disrepair and then there's parts that are rebuilt um they they have also rebuilt parts there's also parts that have been reconcreted um and just like any civilization there's time parts that you know the when you know it was to keep i believe the mongols out mm-hmm. um when they were no longer needed, you know, the locals would turn them into, oh, well, let's take the bricks and turn them into farms and such. So, but until you see it, um, you don't understand. It's very difficult to comprehend. And the same thing I say this about paintings. I didn't understand the scale of the Mona Lisa. It was much smaller than I thought. And same thing with the Sistine Chapel. Oh, yeah. Um, But then you go on to the... Uh, tourist trap part of it is when you go to the Great Wall of China, it's just like, oh my God, Great Wall of China t shirts, Great Wall of China cups. You know, they charge you to get on there. There's bus tours that go there. There's, you know, you know, do you want to, do you want to borrow binoculars? Well, that's easy, $20, you know. So it's definitely turned into a commercial operation, but it is definitely one of the things you need to go see, despite the fact that the parts that are open have been turned into commercial operations. Bang. Yes. The memorabilia. I, that's one item I forgot to mention on Disneyland. You can buy so, and it's like Disneyland price when you're in Disneyland, you know, it's going to be way more expensive than outside of Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you go to Disneyland, you, your expectations change (laughs) because you know, the thing is normally you would go, Oh, that's a $5 burger, but you go to Disney and it's like, Oh, $10 for a burger. Perfect. That's cheap. <laughs> you know, it's the Disney currency. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. When I do it, when I do the conversion, Oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's got its own reality distortion field. <laughs> okay. So as we're talking about these places that have such significance, it's a, mine would be, bourbon street in new orleans now oh. yes now it's a tourist trap in the sense that you know anybody who's everybody it seems like i mean maybe there's a group of amish who who have no idea what we're talking about but why would they be listening to a podcast um <laughs> <laughs> who you know you go there with the intention of just getting cuckoo drunk and showing or seeing different parts of anatomy outside of anatomy class mm-hmm. um and in that sense it can be completely annoying you know there's a lot of people who just literally you think that you can drink and you really really can't you think that you could sing and you really really can't and you think that you're cool and you're really really not however when you cut through all of that and i will say as somebody who one lived in louisiana for four years and near new orleans it would go frequently and two I actually went to New Orleans and hung out on Bourbon Street for a conference and didn't drink at all, which was a fascinating experiment in and of itself. Um, I actually had a guy follow me like to two bars insisting on buying me a drink. And I'm like, you can buy me a club soda with no ice. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Bad thing to give up for Lent, let me just tell oh. you. Um, <laughs> never make that mistake again. Um but Bourbon Street really, really is worth it. If you like people watching, you're going to see it all. And I mean all of it. Even outside of like Mardi Gras and stuff, Grandma and Grandpa will still show their stuff, um, give it oh. enough. Oh, yeah. I have seen and this them. is all year long? Depending on the night. 
you know, and a time of, I'm going to say the time of mourning, because it really is, it depends. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, a Tuesday at seven o'clock, it's probably not going to be so bad. Um, But a Saturday night. Anytime the sun goes down, it's open season or something like that? Yeah, it seems. And and I've been there, like like I said, when I was there for a conference and stuff. Um, And conferences in New Orleans are fascinating, because you'll see some people at a session. (gasps) The first day, everybody's normal. And then you go out that night and you see, even if you don't know who they are, but you know, some, cause some, you know, novices still leave their stupid name tags on. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> fascinating. Um, how'd you know my name was Bill? I don't know. It just came to me. Um, and then, you know, and then you see them the next day and man, they look rough if you, if they even show up at all. But all that aside, there is so much more to Bourbon Street than just getting wasted. The music will blow you away. And whether it's in a club or literally on the street corner, I mean, the amount of talent there, it's just like this this vortex of talent and not just jazz and blues, country, rock, all of it. You're going to see amazing things. The food, and I have this on high authority from a friend, from a foodie friend who said, quote, Lee, even the gas station fried chicken is amazing in New Orleans. I mean, think about it. The food that you get at a gas station is amazing. And it's been sitting there all day. It's That's weird, amazing. right? It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Um, and so it's, yeah, can you go there and drop a lot of money and get totally wasted? Yeah, but you're going to miss some of the best parts. So drink responsibly, you know, um, don't do not do it for beads. The beads really aren't worth it. Um, <laughs> Mom, how did you get these beads? (laughs) I went to the store. Soccer mom's gone wild. Um, (laughs) But it it really is. And the culture there is absolutely amazing. If you take some time to even just in the light of day, um, grab yourself some coffee and beignets, Cafe Ole and beignets from from Cafe Du Monde, and read just some of the historical plaques that you see on buildings and things, you will gain a whole new perspective of, of that city and especially Bourbon Street. That's that's awesome. That is awesome. But, um, but conferences are always, anywhere they have conferences, it always turns into amateur night, <laughs> as we like to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, no, 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 no. Please do not get your party on. <laughs> yeah, next time I'm in New Orleans, I need to actually walk down Bourbon Street for real. Because usually when I'm in down walking down Bourbon Street, it's nighttime and I like feel icky, and I, I kind of just speed through it really fast. Oh, I know. Yeah, no. And I did it. And, and for those of you um, at home who've never met me, I am five foot one on a good day five foot two if i'm having big hair because i'm in new orleans so i'm and i'm doing that i did that sober and by myself until you know until the wee hours of the morning uh, walking around i mean keep your wits about you as always but i mean it really is a fascinating place yes it sounds like you make it sound like i need to go back and actually take it in okay i got to go so now i'm good to go um okay am i up next my okay, yep, my turn. second one. Let me see. My second one. <sighs> tourist trap, man. It's Mount Rushmore a tourist trap. <laughs> tell us more. You tell okay. us. Uh, this is actually news to me. I've been to Mount Rushmore. It was part of like a a tour that 
I took when I was younger. Um, and I don't really remember the history that the tour guide told us. I remember it's the foreheads of presidents. But I learned when... Their full face, full face actually. Yes. They splurged you to the full yes. face. Uh, but I learned that it's actually just a huge marketing gimmick from South Dakota that literally that town was or some guy in that town was like how can we make more money i bet if we carved faces of presidents <laughs> into the into the side, into of, side the of the mountain people will come it will be a thing and it became a thing <laughs> and for national treasure fans like me um mount rushmore is a cover-up supposedly <laughs> According to the movie, uh, if that's an added interest to you, but I don't know if you can climb Mount Rushmore. But, but anyways, I think just the backstory of Mount Rushmore is, makes it a tourist trap because it was created to be a tourist trap. <laughs> but it is with that intention. It was with the intention of being a tourist trap. But going there is really fascinating. Like to see those faces carved into the side of the mountain with such detail and it's so big oh that's pretty cool if i say so myself i don't know what kind of memorabilia they have around there but i would imagine it would also have the heads of the presidents and you know be the usual 40 bucks or something for a t-shirt uh but it's also in i mean i've been there once i haven't gone back but it is in forest nature area so that's also a cool walk around and you're just looking at trees and all of a sudden you come to a clearing and it's the four presidents looking at you um but i just think that's fascinating too uh it's not like the great wall where you can walk on the great wall again maybe they do expeditions or like adventure tours where you can like climb on the heads i don't know <laughs> maybe not because i would probably damage the head so maybe you can only look from afar but i think that's pretty cool it's it's a total gimmick total marketing ploy totally made to be a tourist trap and it has become one but it's i mean it's pretty cool to look at so I, you know what i've never been there so yeah it's it's kind of by itself, isn't it? Yeah. That's I mean I've researched on going a couple times, but it's just like oh, it's you know I guess I want to go somewhere. There's Multiple, many things to do. Yes. Yeah, and that's kind of a one trick pony. So I mean yeah. it is on my list of places to go, but at the same time it's like oh my god, you know n- next one. thing. Yeah. So the tour that I went on it was Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone were the two big places. Um, I, we must have seen many other things, but those are the two main ones. And actually, I think at Mount Rushmore, close close by, close enough, I don't know if it's the same kind of forest area, but close by, I think, is uh, a sculpture that... Crazy, Crazy Horse. Horse. Yeah, that one's actually really, really cool. Not a t- Personally, like, Mount Rushmore was created to be a tourist trap. Crazy Horse is like, when you go there, they're still carving it. So you could see yeah. that's amazing, like how it's like the projection of what it's supposed to look like, all the designs, and then you actually see what like what stage they're at. That was fascinating. Yeah, Crazy Horse is supposed to. I mean, I did 
I read a lot about it. You know, I don't remember all the details, but you know, they wanted it to, actually the size of Crazy Horse, like just the like the size of the Indian's head is like the size of Mount Rushmore yeah, or something, something crazy. crazy like that. Yeah, it's massive. It's much, it's much, 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 much larger. And you know, it was started out by one guy, and I think he may have been the one who was involved with Mount Rushmore as well. Maybe I that I'm a little fuzzy on, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's huge. Um, but it does have a little bit more Indian approval. Yes. Mount Rushmore was built on a mountain yep. that was kind of Indian yeah. land, so. And they started construction um, back in like 1950s or something, and it's nowhere near being done. But you could see dang. the process and what it's supposed to be. Yeah. They have like the, you know, it's funny because they were originally building like the arm and the horse head and stuff like that. And then someone involved with the project's like, you know what? We probably should do his head <laughs> so it make it more marketable. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. So they, they start working on the head. Mm-hmm. Um. So the thing is, now you can at least see um, Crazy Horse's head, and of course, there's no photographs of Crazy Horse, so we don't know exactly what he looks like. Mm. Oh, that is pretty cool. So, um, I got. Have you guys? Do you guys listen to Lewis Black? No, I have. Th- this was a missed opportunity. I'm going to put this clip in at the very beginning, but Lewis Black talks about is like you know essentially how to fix the local economy is mm-hmm. build a big effing thing <laughs> and everyone will come <laughs> and then also he mentions something about building a we need to build a fence around canada because that's where all the cold air comes from but um, <laughs> um my my second one is uh san diego zoo and the smithsonian's <gasps> Ooh, I've never Ooh. been to the Smithsonian Zoo. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, you know, once again, zoos, I mean, it's it's kind of, I guess it's kind of problematic. It is problematic in some ways because it has some, can be troublesome ethics. Um, is it right to put animals in a cage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I'm going to let you make the decision on your own on that. However, um, the Smithsonian Zoo is the zoo um i think it was actually originally just the national zoo then somehow the smithsonian um it was inherited by the smithsonian or incorporated with them but it's an amazing zoo in the middle of the city if you're in washington dc you are making a mistake if you're only going to the museums you need to go see the smithsonian zoo it's beautiful it's big it's a research facility so you know some of the ethics of like hey you know we're trying to figure out to help these animals um continue to exist you know they have breeding programs and i don't know if they have them right now because their relationship with china is so uh weak but used to be they had a panda breeding program and i think that was since Mm -hmm. the nixon panda breeding like they breed oh Okay, that's awesome. Sorry, at first I heard braiding, like you were braiding their hair. <laughs> no, breeding, breeding. Sorry. It's all good. You're like, I've um, got some real ethics. I'm calling Peter right now. Yeah, yeah. And and 
I mean, I when I was a kid, I mean, it was since the Nixon administration where Nixon went to China and developed some relation with China. China sent over pandas, and um, there were some successful um, breedings of pandas, and, you know, pandas were endangered, and um, it was a really neat way to see an animal that only exists in Asia. Um, later on, that expanded into in the united states and of course san diego became one of the number one places to help um research of breeding of pandas so they're not as endangered as they used to be yay pandas are one of my favorite animals so cute right oh my gosh um they are so cute um smaller than i expect but oh maybe it's been a while since i've seen a panda (laughs) No, I, I guess I expect a panda to be like the size of a grizzly. Uh, you know, they're more like a brown yeah, bear size. Yeah, you know? yeah. Funnily, you know, when, uh, they don't have as much anger. Yes. That's why. Yeah, it's a place like, smaller size. anger, smaller size. I mean, they're they're vegetarians too, they're right? They're so chill. You know, uh, I like to joke. My two favorite animals are a tiger and a panda. And I like to think, like, I want to see myself as a tiger, but inside I'm just a panda. Like, (laughs) they're like complete opposites. That could be such a great meme. Yes. Oh my God. It's it's like that meme where, you know, that Rottweiler sitting on its owner's lap and says, um, what is it? Lap dog brain, you know, (laughs) killer body. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, those are two, and, and of course, I, I I just talked about the San Diego Zoo a little bit. We have a San Diego episode. We talk about the San Diego Zoo. It's amazing, but you know, the thing is, it costs money to get in there. Things are a little expensive when you get in there, but it's a premier research facility in the United States, and all those profits go to keeping the zoo doors open and doing research on how to help the animals. So kind of tourist traps you need, you know, it's a, you know, they are what they are, but, you know, I think these are good facilities and totally worth going to. I agree. Zoos are cool. Especially research You know, and I'm a a recovering teacher, so I always think zoos, museums, aquariums, I'm so down with it because I'm like, oh, it's, this is a field. This isn't a trip. This is a field trip. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get our learning on. Um, You know, one of, speaking of getting our learning on, I absolutely like the tower of London. Um, You know, it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, there's just a ton of people and, you know, you're going to be, just kind of moving as a herd sometimes from exhibit, you know, you want to see the crown jewels or the torture room or whatever, but, and of course <laughs> looking for the, the, the Ravens. Um, but you know what? I, I loved it, you know, because it, yes, the jewels, you're literally on a people mover and you're just kind of going by them. Um, but the rest of the tower of London, I mean, just offers some great historical gems to gem historical gems not just the the crown jewels to look at and learn from and just to kind of like even seeing like the discipline of the guards there and stuff i i absolutely loved it now can it be kitschy absolutely but i think it's for me um and because i like exploring and seeing all the other stuff that people aren't i i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it too when i was there i actually really liked the, the crown jewel place um or area I think 
when I went, it was super gloomy and kind of the end of the day. I think they were about to close and that's why there wasn't that many people mm. and we kind of had to rush through everything. But I love the, like you said, the museum education, just like, wow, this is the place where they held the prisoners. This is yeah. the place, you know, like just walking through the history was is awesome for me. Oh, yeah. I, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> And for me, I mean, it was, I, I did the torture. I didn't want to do the torture room, but I but I forced myself to, and it was just like, holy, like, there's some really twic- twisted and sick people Oh, out yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. Now I wish I got in. I, we were, we had a day full of itinerary full, and we got there just as it was closing. So we only got to see the gift shop. <laughs> which is always important yes. yeah well that's I, I got the at least the tourist trap part of yes it. exactly <laughs> there you go uh oh that's me who's it my it's turn me, it's me. your turn okay. okay so we're talking about some i mean tower of london right so kind of castle home not maybe not homes but structures so i would say i really one i've been to is hearst castle and yes and the second one i haven't been to but i am trying to get myself to go because i'm kind of scared is winchester house i still (gasps) want to go there so good it is so good oh my gosh yes you've got to do it okay oh i love i love the support okay okay so these are obviously our good tourist traps (laughs) supported tourist traps um okay so hers castle is in san simeon and it is this amazing, I mean, estate, I guess, built by newspaper mogul uh, William Randolph Hearst. And it's the Spanish Mediterranean architecture that's just beautiful. It's on top of, I don't want to say a mountain, but a hill, a, large, a tall hill. <laughs> um, near the ocean. Near the ocean. And... It's so beautiful. You can buy tickets and do different types of tours throughout the estate um, and then take a shuttle up there. But it is amazing. There's a theater room. He's got an indoor. He, well, he died. But <laughs> this place has got a, an indoor pool, an outdoor pool. There used to be a zoo there. Um, no longer animals there. But you can see the place that he used to have. I think it was like the first it was his private zoo and maybe one of the first zoos in America. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but it's an amazing estate. It was home to the Hearst family and they've hosted like tons of celebrities and politicians over the years, like Churchill and Charlie Chaplin, but it's like incredible architecture. And I want to go back. Cause when I was there, I kind of just saw the grounds and, the kind of entertainment areas i didn't get to see i didn't do the tour where you saw the bedrooms but it's amazing and And there's multiple tours well yeah exactly Mm -hmm. there's multiple tours that's the tourist trap part you got to do all of you can't just buy one ticket and see all of it you have to buy multiple tickets to see other parts there's your trap yeah because there's one just for the grounds there's one for the bedrooms there's one for the living rooms yes but it's so beautiful um oh that was just one the other one winchester house i haven't been to it's in san jose but it's 
the I mean, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, I think, but it's Sarah Winchester, the widow of William Winchester, the firearms guy. She built this house to house supposedly to house all the ghosts um, that the Winchester firearms had killed. And she I mean, I don't know how true any of this is, but history says that she hired um what are they called? Fortune tellers, uh, a person who can speak to ghosts. Medium. Yes, a medium. <laughs> she hired a medium who she would kind of consult every day or very frequently to see what the next piece of construction would be in the house. So there's tons of rooms that are very oddly, it's a I mean, there's no floor plan. It's like there's doors to nothing, staircases that aren't finished. They go into the roof, yeah, into the ceiling. Yeah, go into the ceiling, windows that are really oddly placed. And just, I mean, it was what the ghosts wanted. And um, that's what they got. But it's, I don't, I think it's like 20 bucks for admission or something like that. And I've heard it's totally worth it. Um, I'm just mm-hmm. not really, if we went during the daytime, I'd be fine. But I think I have friends who love those kind of creepy things and they would probably want to go at the nighttime and do like the haunted, haunted tours. And that's what I'm trying to like build my courage up because the nighttime gives me the spookies if it's ghost related. So awesome. Um, wow. Those are, I mean, <clears throat> I've been to Hearst Castle. Love it. When you're going there, make sure um, if you're going there to take a tour, before you make it out there, make sure you check their website to make sure that there's tours available. During the summer, sometimes they sell out. So you can buy them um, days ahead. um, Or you can take a chance and show up. The one secret I like to mention is when you go up there, um, even if they're all, all sold out, let's say you're just dropping in, just keep on waiting by the gates and ask them periodically, hey, did anyone drop out? Because sometimes people will buy a ticket ahead of time and they can't make it. And then all of a sudden opening comes up. But you kind of had to take what's available. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, my last one, last one, number three, is Niagara Falls. <gasps> nice. That was on my list too. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. Did I? Take no, it? no, no. I was, was going to like mention honorably mention it if no one else mentioned it. <laughs> oh my god! Talk about a huge tourist trap. It is. You know that it's a tourist trap when they have a Ripley, believe it or not, <laughs> museum along with a Madame Tussaud, and and now they have casinos and, <clears throat> but. It is truly, like the Great Wall of China, a sight to behold and just something you got to just go see, you know, find a parking lot, take a tram in, whatever you have to do, but just hang out and just watch the falls for a couple of hours. Um, If you have an opportunity, they also do have fall tours where you can actually take the tunnels. Yeah, I have. I have. It's cool. I like it when you come up behind. Yes, it is behind the waterfall, and you're just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I'm yeah, up yeah. there, and now I'm down here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still want to take a boat tour. I haven't had a chance to do that because you can actually take a boat, and 
it's funny because whenever you see these boats, everyone's on it and everyone's the wearing ponchos. Like the yeah. ponchos, actually <laughs> yeah. ponchos and everything. And you, they're obviously all getting wet. And but I mean, they all look like they're having an amazing time, and it just looks like really cool to me, at least when I've seen that. And that's the one thing I haven't done is um, take a boat tour. Uh, I also suggest um, the, the one of the other things is um, during the winter, the Niagara Falls freezes. Mm. So, so yeah, so the water freezes as it's pouring off the edge. So you have a frozen waterfalls. And during the winter, it's not. Now, here's the problem is it's freezing cold during the winter. Um, if it's cold enough to freeze, it's it's below 32 degrees. Uh, they light it up. So they'll actually put um, colored lights behind them. And it's just, just like this kind of magical lamp filled with colors. So it's totally worth seeing during the winter, too. Um, and there's no one there during the winter. Because who's stupid enough to go out when it's uh, that cold? We are. <laughs> I yeah yeah <laughs> exactly exactly so um if you have a chance and once again it's somewhere between Toronto and I still suggest Cleveland you're not too far away from Buffalo New York there's so many places you can go to from that area so it's not the only thing in the area so that's my last one I well, and that's and it's so funny because I've, I've never done that, and at some point I will. I definitely will not do the frozen one because <laughs> me and cold just don't play nice together anymore. My last one is Alcatraz Island. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, it, it, there's so many things about San Francisco that are tourist trappy that you just kind of have to do, like Lombard Street, oh, yeah. the, you know, the most crooked yes. street, and all that. I feel for anybody who lives on that road <laughs> and just all of the tourists and stuff. I, you know, I did Alcatraz, um, the tour, you know, I took the, the ferry ride out and stuff like that. And I actually really liked it. It's, is it touristy? Yes. You know, you're going to be with there with everybody else with their cameras and their maps and all this other crap. Um, and, but I recommend the audio tour in the stories. I mean, even beyond some of the famous, um, guests of the, of the prison, um, the, the stories about the escapes, uh, all of that is just really, really neat. And then you actually kind of can, you know, you're exploring jail cells um, and how this was the most secure facility in the country, you know, according it, it, once upon a time until people actually escaped. Um, but I highly recommend it. I mean, and it brings back, what was it? Um, was it The Rock? Yes. I was going to say Nicolas Cage and uh, Sean Connery, The Rock. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you really do kind of get like flashbacks to that and stuff. And, and I really, and the grounds are absolutely gorgeous because remember there were staff who had to live on the island. Oh. Um, and so there's this whole aspect of the island where there are oh whole, like the caretaker's home and the gar- fl- these gorgeous flower gardens and vegetable oh, gardens totally and things didn't like think that. About that. And they're wild now, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's still fairly maintained. Oh, okay. It's definitely not like somebody is like living there, you know, 24-7. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of security still. Um, but I, I highly, you know, it seems kind of touristy because, yeah, it is. Um, but but it's so neat. And it's it's worth the time. It's And you get to see a different side of San Francisco because you yes. get to see it from the water, which is always yes. a pleasure. I mean, if it was any other time... That island would be turned into a small resort. 
Oh yeah, 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 for the, sure. The views are gorgeous. It's, I mean, it's in the middle of the bay. I mean, it would be a resort, but mm-hmm. you know, it was a prison. Mm-hmm. And and I, I got to throw out because I'm Zen. Um, one other factoid was the um, Indian Native American occupation of the island, Alcatraz mm-hmm. Island. Oh, wait, oh, tell oh, me yeah, more. That's I right. don't remember. Yeah, Lee, do you recall? Wasn't that back in the 70s or the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay, yeah, I remember that. So I don't recall exactly the full story, but Native Americans were, I forget, were protesting something, um, probably something along the lines of taking their lands. So they went to Alcatraz Island, and they occupied the island for a long period of time. And And the government didn't quite know what to do so they let them stay there for a long time um at the same time there's all sorts of spray painting from that that period um of the protest and the spray painting is still on the side of the prison Hmm. so if you see like there's like graffiti there that was actually the stuff that was put up in the 60s or 70s when that actually happened fascinating that's really cool I want to go back to Alcatraz. It's been a too long. I just want to go somewhere. Yeah, I think tourists like us. I want to go back to Alcatraz. (laughs) (laughs) Because when I went first, when I was really young, so I remember we did the um, the self guided like audio tour. So we all had our own like headsets and. I don't even were they tapes back then. I don't know, but (laughs) we uh, we walked around and I remember just being like, I see the prison cells why are we still here? <laughs> like, it was just like, I just, that's the only part I remember is seeing the actual cells. I don't remember seeing anything else outside of that. So I want to go back and actually appreciate it. Um, now that I'm older. <laughs> okay. I got this really stupid idea. We're going to see if you can make this work. We totally need to get your mom on this podcast. My mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. She, the reason why I say that is she's the reason why you like to travel so much. Oh, yeah. And in addition to, I'd love to hear why she chose the places for you to go see. And and you've been doing this now for every year for decades. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll talk to her. <laughs> I mean, see. I think it'd be, yeah, see what her experiences were before be. B.E. before Emily, too. <laughs> yes. Okay. She'll be excited. <laughs> She'll be excited. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I know there's tons of places that my mom took me when I was younger. And of course, I remember it and it was cool then, but I didn't appreciate it as much as if when I go back the second or maybe even third time. You know, these are why they're tourist traps that are they're our favorite tourist traps because <laughs> mm-hmm. it makes us want to go back. Um I also honorable mention wanted to say the Grand Canyon because mm. every time I go and I look out and I'm like, this place is not real. This is a painting. This is a total gimmick because it's just so big and so beautiful that I'm like, I can never believe it. <laughs> I like Hoover Dam. Ooh. Along, I because I leave from, I've left from Las Vegas to go to the Grand Canyon. And going over Hoover Dam was really cool. So that's my honorable mention. 
there's no real reason to go see an electric water no. dam, but <laughs> when you're actually there, yes. it's really cool. I agree. Yeah, same. <laughs> My honorable mention would be Faneuil Hall. <gasps> yeah. I mean, I love it. I love it. There's great, like, but the, you know, there's, yeah, you can buy food there, but the food is a little bit more expensive and not as good as other places that are just literally in Quincy mm-hmm. Market. Yeah, there's the history aspect. And that, that, that part is fine when you go upstairs above Faneuil Hall. Um, but there's, but Boston is saturated with history, but I still, you've got to visit it, especially in the summer. I'm going to plead ignorance. Could you tell me what that is? Sure. Faneuil Hall is located in Quincy Market. It was basically like a um, marketplace back in the day where they would do a lot of um, trading and things like that. And as it's evolved, because, you know, we're buying everything everywhere. um, It's imagine this giant warehouse. okay, and it's got um, like different like restaurants. It's got um, little like tour shops you can buy i mean all sorts of different stuff from you know your typical um books postcards yeah magnets, i would say similar similar ish idea would be pike place market oh okay okay kind of got it there's a big you know in the summer there's gonna be a lot of performers outside mm-hmm. and things like that so i mean there's some high-end places too inside it's and it's really really cool um and it's something to do and experience. I mean, I had lived in Boston for two years before I even went to the second floor of Faneuil Hall. And you actually can see like like displays and more of the historical aspect. But um, yeah, but Quincy Mart, like in it, where it's located is in the part of Boston. It's in the heart of it right near Government Center is Quincy Market, which also has more restaurants. And I mean, if you're going to eat in Faneuil Hall, good luck trying to find a oh, seat yeah. <laughs> i mean there's very little seat. like you're gonna eat standing up or you know and you're, it's really crowded and, and stuff like that um when you can just like leave the building and go grab something like the same food somewhere like really outside but it's fun it's fun cool. for sure every time i go back to because i have family in outside of boston like in the suburbs and every time we go back into the city everyone always is like let's go to faneuil hall it's like our must-go place <laughs> even though we know how crowded it is but it's just like it's, you gotta see it um but man we covered a lot clearly um we like traveling obviously <laughs> um but thank you so much for tuning into our tourist traps that are worth it we hope that you guys had as much fun as we did and let us know what you think let us know on our social media channels where you can also find photos of our adventures from around the world interesting articles and more and if you're newer to our podcast, we don't just talk about topical things and traps and stuff like that. We also talk about a lot of specific destinations, like our reference to San Diego today and a few other places. So check out some of those older podcasts um, where we talk about Italy, Taiwan, and of course, France. <coughs> Mia Paris is a University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost looking to increase your workplace knowledge or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And thanks again, as always, for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.